Chatting with Sherry is presented by the writers and illustrators of the future. They've been providing a means for new and budding writers to have a chance for their creative efforts to be seen and acknowledged. Welcome to Chatting with Sherry. Today we're going to be talking to author T. Novin. Uh, he's a very talented man. He's been writing for many years. Uh, he has a bunch of new books coming out, so let's listen in. Oh, this is a recorded conversation, so please don't call in. Hi, Tien. Welcome to the show. Well, hello there. Thank you for having me. It's great to have you. Uh, it's nice to actually meet you. I've read your books so and and your uh, fan fiction, and I've really enjoyed it. Um, are you a reader? Um, did you start by um, reading uh, fan fiction, or are, are you read books? that are uh, fancy, uh, or how did it start? I have always been a reader. I was raised in a family where books um, were very important. <clears throat> I was encouraged from the time I was very small to read, so I've, I, I read a little bit of everything. Um, my mother, and I've always um, tried, wanted to be a writer even when I was young, uh, my mother used to say that she could always tell when it's time for me to clean my room because uh, notepaper, uh, notebook paper would be coming out from underneath the bedroom door. <laughs> from um, for, yeah, from from all the notebooks and and all the pads and paper and stuff that I had. That was when she could always tell it was time to make me clean my room. So for me, it's always been you know uh, from the time I was a child, it's been a lifelong reading and writing have always gone hand in hand for me. Do you have a, um, what author was your first favorite, and do you still read that person? Agatha Christie. Yes, I love that. (laughs) Absolutely. Agatha Christie, um, probably one of the most influential authors of my young age, Uh, um, because I I started reading Christie when I was preteen, actually. Um, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. You know, I like the classics and I like mysteries. I love and, mysteries. And yes, I do. I do still read them. I'm a huge Christie fan, um, and Dorothy Sayers yes. and Doyle, and I love classic, mm-hmm. classic uh, mysteries. I I'm more of a puzzle mystery girl than a. I I, I find the most of the modern ones a little too gruesome for me. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I like the ones that make you think mm-hmm. you have to, to work it out, mm-hmm. you know, and that if you follow along really well and, and pay attention to what you're reading, you, you can work it out. I don't like um, I don't like the two minute, uh, three page, wrap it up and explain it to you at the end of it. Yeah. Uh, that's one yeah. thing is that if you read Christy, that's what a lot of people think Christy is, but Christy isn't. She gives you information from the very beginning. From the word yep, go. Yep, it's all there. Yeah. She doesn't hide anything. She's It's all there. And I like the little hidden golden nuggets. And I also like that she has romances, which was frowned on during the Golden Age, but the romances are always, it's like they're part of the team that's trying to figure out the mystery most of the time. Not all the time. Sometimes yeah. the bad guy's part of that team, too. But um, but usually the real romances that are in it are uh, either 
They're trying to figure out the mystery. Are there just two innocent people that were witnesses that were just, you really don't pay attention to until you realize, oh, they're in love. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she, she, um, classic, um, brilliant, uh, and, and ex exactly the kind of writer I always wanted to be when I was growing up, but I'll never be that good. Uh, I don't, you know, there's few I'll, people I'll find, like I'll her. I'll find my own niche. I'll find my own niche, and I'll be as good as I can at that. But I'll never, I'll never be Agatha Christie. Good. No, never. No, it's, it's interesting because um, David Suchet was talking about he read all the Agatha, all the Perots before he started playing Perot, mm. and he I mean, he went to Harrods and got stacks of them, and um, and he said that. He, it, she must when she did the first book, Mystery at Style, it was it was a huge hit. It was it was a, a serial. They used to have it that it's in magazines and they would have like different sure. sections of it in the magazine and you read the whole book in you, you it, people could keep yep. the whole magazine Four, and have the book. Weeks. Fourteen weeks on every Wednesday or every Saturday, a new a new section of the serial would come out. Exactly, and that's what actually got yeah. people interested in buying her books was that the serials were so good, and they would all sell out the magazines. And they he he compared her to uh, J.K. Rollins because she he said mm -hmm. it was it must have been like Harry Potter when the first actual book of Mysterious Fear of Styles because it was just such a huge sensation. Everybody, every place you look, people were reading her book. And it's just, think about that level on your first book. <laughs> yeah. Would be amazing, wouldn't it? I never, I, I have not had that pleasure, but it must be really cool. <laughs> yes. I'm, one of these days, maybe we'll, oh, oh well. Yeah, I mean, I've had books do very well, but never like, um, you know, I'm no Dan Brown or, or Jay Rowling. Yeah, or exactly. Jackie Rowling. Um, when Madam President and and um, Words Heard in Silence were, were first released, and these books are 20 years old now, and when they were first released, they were spending time on, like, Lambda literary bestseller lists and things like that. And to me, that was a big deal. Oh yeah. You know, it it was it wasn't the New York Times, but it was still a critical bestseller list and it was for my community and my genre. So, you know, I was very proud of that. Yeah. Um would I would I like to try some JK Rowling sales? You bet I would. <laughs> but I will always be very pleased with just knowing that the work is actually getting out to the community that it was intended for. Yeah, it's 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 actually very interesting. Um, when I wrote my, I wrote two children's books. I wrote two adult books and I wrote two children's books. And my children's books actually did better than my adult books, which I wonder about sometimes. But the the one that did very well, it was it got awards and it was on all these lists and people were, like, uh, asking me to send them to them so they could broadcast about it and all this other stuff. It's very heady. Um, it's, it, it, did you experience that with Madam President? Because I love that book. I, I read it. I had 
that one and uh, what was the follow-up book? First Lady. First Lady. Yeah. Yeah, I read both of yeah. them. Um, well, we, we uh, I mean, like I said, those those books went, they spent time on, you know, like the Lambda Literary bestseller list and stuff like that, but we never got that kind of uh, exposure with with any of the, with any of the titles where we actually had people actively uh, seeking us out for them, I'm happy to oblige anybody who wants to do that. But so far, it hasn't happened. I know. Uh, I know. It's really interesting. I I actually had uh, someone ask me, "Are you going to make an animated movie as different as Beautiful?" I go, "I really don't know how you could. Um, it's it's a children's book and it's." very short and there's not really enough material to do anything but it's nice for you to say that you know I mean you know and, <laughs> and if you happen to know an animation company who'd like to play around with an animated short put them in touch you yeah. know <laughs> I, and it's nice I mean I it hasn't happened possibility. <laughs> yeah. it hasn't happened my answer would be I'm, I'm open to any possibility you know um Taylor and I constantly get uh, feedback from fans, and and they want to see words made into a miniseries. Oh. And I, you know, I, I'm all for that. I'm, I'm, you know, you find me a production company who's who's behind that, and and we'll sit down and have lovely chats and see what we can do to make it happen. I, I'm all for it. It just had, the offer has never been made yet. Right, I know. It's very interesting because you can be on different lists and stuff, and it's very flattering, but it doesn't always go in that route that, you know, some people I know, exactly. they get into all that and they get awards and they get offered to be made into a screenplay, and I'm like, someday. <laughs> yep. And, and and you know what? Good for them. I mean, I'm always especially excited when a, a an up and coming author and someone who doesn't get the New York Times uh, bestseller list accolades and somebody who's not being represented by Random House. It's always nice to see a a, a newer author with a smaller house get some recognition. Because there there are some magnificent writers out there, brilliant, brilliant pieces of work out there that just aren't getting the recognition they deserve because we're we're not with the bigger houses. Yeah, and now the market is so different. It's uh, it's a very it's difficult being a writer before, but it's even more difficult now because it's more crowded. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's always been difficult to be a writer. It's not easy. <laughs> Agreed. And now that uh, organizations like Amazon have made it possible for anyone to publish, um, you don't even need, you know, the, the expertise of a publishing house anymore. So it does increase the field exponentially for as far as what you're competing with, you know, out there. Um, when uh, Mary D recently is re-releasing the Redmond series and she was sending me snapshots of the second book Paths of Peace 
actually made uh, new release bestseller list on Amazon. And we were behind, or we were ahead of, I wanted to say, Jane Austen. Whoa! <laughs> you know? So, yeah, we, we were out selling Jane Austen um, for a couple weeks there. And, you know, my brain, that was, that was kind of a, 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 a good adrenaline bump for my brain. Yeah, Jane Austen you know, is cool. No, that was, it, was, it was just one, it was just one little list. It wasn't like the overall bestseller list on Amazon, but it, it was good dopamine for my brain that day to see that I was out selling Jane Austen. But which yeah. book? Do you remember? Um, I was, I think it was a collection. Oh, it's a collection of, of stories. Yeah. Maybe your juvenilia yeah, or something. And, 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 I um, I love Austin. So I mean, in fact, I was just I, I was just watching Pride and Prejudice the other night. So uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm a big Austin fan. So I was just curious. <laughs> yeah, I, I I don't remember off the top of my head what it was. I think it was a collection, but I was just shocked to see my book in the number one position with that behind it. Yeah, that uh, like is I said, cool. it was a good shot of it was a good shot of uh, um, encouragement. Yeah, your ego goes up when you see something like that. That's always cool. Yeah, but absolutely. I I mean that's really cool because she was uh, I think after I guess Christy Jane Austen is the second best selling author of all time. I think. No, I think it's Bible Shakespeare. Uh, Agatha Christie and then Jane Austen. I think that's the way it goes. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. I think that's cool. That you should you're you should have you've got that nice little purring feeling. It it was it was a fun moment to go, Oh wow, that's really cool. <laughs> now if you beat out an Agatha Christie Um I I don't think that's ever gonna happen. But <laughs> I, I can I can dream <laughs> one of these days. Uh, we don't write in the same genre, so you know. What do you think of um, this? Is not topic, but what do you think of the new Perros that have been coming out? I'm just curious. Um, <clears throat> what the Kenneth Branagh? Movies? No, no, not the movie. The book, oh. the monogram oh. murders, and. Uh, well, to be honest, I'm behind on that. I didn't know there were. Yeah, it's. Uh, I'm, I'm going. I'm going to have to look it up. Yeah, they. Uh, I think there's two of them now. Monogram murders, and there's another one. I can't remember what the second one is. Oh, I'm definitely. I'm definitely going to have to look those up. Yeah, uh, the great grandson. Was it the grandson or the great grandson? One. Uh, I, because for a while the grandson was running. Uh, the Agatha Christie uh, thing, but he's re retired, estate. I think, and the great grandson is now running the estate. Very cool. Now I will have to g I will have to give him a look and, and see if they have stayed true to the vision. I won't ruin it for you. I won't tell you. But okay, I All was right. I was a little. Um, it was. A, it's a good mystery. I'll tell you that it's a very okay. good mystery. Well, that's that's good. But I'm a little Perot is not the way I, I I'm used to him. That's all I'm gonna say. 
Okay, that's fair. I, I can and and I can kind of see where that might happen with uh, not only a new author taking over the character, but a a generational issue as well. I yeah, that's true. You know, I, I just it's just it's just like um, they did right. that with Dorothy Sayers. I don't know if you're a Lord Peter fan. Yes. Um, with the new books for Lord Peter Whimsey, uh, it started with a book that Dorothy Sayers actually wrote but never finished. And I actually think that the lady who took over, she's written about four of them now. She's got it down. She got Lord Peter down. She did a really... The, That's it's, good. It's not only a really good mystery, she really got Peter and Harriet down. She understood their characters. Excellent. And that is, um, as far as I'm, I'm concerned, that's critical. Especially, well, it's like those of us who wrote fan fiction, especially the Xena fan fiction. Mm -hmm. What made that work was the fact that we had a feel for those characters. Yep. Yeah, you and could hear we them were, in your head we were, as you're writing it. Exactly. So it's always it's always nice when a when a, another writer can take a character and, and stay true. I think that that is, is the they say the imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. <laughs> yeah, and, and I, I do believe it's true to some extent. Absolutely, it's hard to capture something that is so much a part of some other person because mm -hmm. I don't think Perot was as much Agatha's part of, well, I mean, it was, she, he was, and she was very picky about him, but uh, I think Lord Peter, he was her, uh, Dorothy Sayers' ultimate male. Um, yes. So it's, it, 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 it must have been a little harder for this lady who did that, because it was so close to Dorothy Sayers' heart, and she actually started from a manuscript that she had started, so she had to continue that manuscript. That must have been difficult. I'm sure it was. But clearly it was well done. Very. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, but now I have new things to look up. Yeah, you so got to look them this up. This is good. You're a mystery fan. Fellow mystery fans, you got to look them up. <laughs> I absolutely, I will. I absolutely will. Um, do, uh, have you ever... Um, <laughs> I have to ask him, that's, this is one of my modern mysteries that I really enjoyed. Have you ever read the Franny Fisher mysteries? No. Miss Fisher? I haven't. Oh, they're, they're, no. they're, they're set in 1928 and 1929. And both the books... And I love period pieces. Oh, it's a great. It's so fun. Um, it's... Uh, she's like... They just had released a movie. Um, it, it was a TV. It is. It was three seasons of a TV series, different from the book in some ways, but not the Franny Fisher character. And she's like very modern, you know, because the twenties was the period where women became modern. You know, this that people don't realize sure. the nineteen twenties, not the twenty twenties. The nineteen twenties was the period where women began to really work that they were able to drive, that they were, it was, because in the 1900s they were riding bicycles, but in the 1920s they were driving cars. Sure. 
Um, but Phryne takes it one step further. She flies planes. She speaks every language. She climbs up sides of buildings. She jumps on trains. She's she's like a superhero, <laughs> but she's human. Gotcha. <laughs> but it's it's a lot of fun. So that's one I recommend if you've not if you've not if you like period pieces. Oh, I do. I love them. Um, so, you have these books that are coming out that are, is it, you said it was a reissue? Well, the, yeah, um, it's the, uh, Words Heard in Silence was the, was the first one that we did, oh my gosh, it's been about 21 years ago, was the first one. And since then, we have followed up with three more books, uh, Path of Peace, Enemies in the Gates and um, Honor Thy Father, and we're writing the fifth and sixth ones right now. So Mary D has taken the books and brought them under her the cover of her publishing house, and has the first three out now, and is working on the fourth. She has uh, set it off to the side so she can finish the twenty uh, fifth uh, anniversary. Zena book. Yeah. And once that once that one's out the door, then um, uh, Honor Thy Father, the fourth book in the series, and then once we finish the others, we'll have new releases in the series too. Are you? In but she has done done a beautiful job of redesigning the covers and branding the books. So when you put them up on a bookshelf together, now they all look like one set. It's just it's gorgeous. I'm I'm like giddy. I think that's cool. Just ridiculously happy over them right now. Mary's yeah. really good at that. She's a very talented lady, so I'm I, I'm looking Agreed. forward to seeing it. Um, are you part of the 25th anniversary book? Yes. Me too. Um, I wrote my little my little piece. Um, Mary D actually got a hold of me about six months ago and said, you know, please um, consider doing something. And I completely lost track of time. And when I realized that it was due, uh, I basically spent three days on a train from New Orleans to Arizona going to see my grandkids. And that was when I wrote the, the piece for Mary D. and I got it sent off. And I was worried about it. I thought, oh, this is, this is, <laughs> is going to be terrible because I'm a, I'm a horrible human being and I waited until the last minute and this and that and the other and three or four days she got back to me and she's like well that was one of the better pieces that we've had submitted you made me cry thank Aww. you very much I was like oh you know <laughs> okay so I was all worried about it and I didn't have to be but yeah I submitted yeah. one I, I submitted I, some two I, I think I have two in there one or two I don't remember yeah. But yeah, I did too. Uh, Mary asked me too. I was, she's like, I was like, are you sure you want me? And she goes, Sherry, sh shut up and just write it. <laughs> that was kind of the, we had very much the same kind of conversation. Are you sure? Just shut up and write. So that's what I did. Yep. I've learned it's better not to argue with Mary. Just mm. do what Mary says, and life will bump along quite nicely. Thank yeah. you. She's, she she knows yeah. what she's doing. She's a very smart cookie. She's you know she's four foot six of of T and Australian TNT and I just I don't mess with it. It's formidable. 
she's a formidable, intelligent, talented lady. Yes. And she's been on my show several times. She's she's a doll. Uh, I, I, she's one of the one of the few people in the world that when I say that I would crawl five miles over broken glass, yeah, I would do that for Mary. Absolutely. Me too. Yeah, she's always there for me, so I'm always there for her too. It's one of those things. She's a, <laughs> she's just really yep. good. She's got the biggest heart in the world. And yeah, Mary, yep. I know you're getting really upset that we're talking about you like this. <laughs> <laughs> She'll live. <laughs> Take the affection. <laughs> She'll live. She'll live. She'll live. Um. So we love her. We want the world to know it. Yes, and there. I and she's 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 doing this because she loves Zena and she loves the fans. And the book is actually about the fans. Really, it's not about. It's about the show, yeah. but it's more about the fans. And that's the point of it. Absolutely. And I can't wait. I want to. I'm going to lay my hands. I'm going to get a, a hardbound copy of it since she is doing it in hardback. And then when the convention finally does <laughs> materialize, and it, and it will, you know, it might be a year late. When it finally does materialize, I'm going to take that and treat it like a yearbook. That's a good idea. And have. And have everybody sign it. That's so yeah, that's my plan. That's a really yeah. cool idea. Yeah, I didn't even think of that. That's very that's brilliant. I love it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's it it's a great idea um to do that because um even the the people that are the production people and the stars and people that are part of the Xena world. I'll say that the fans really make it what it is. So her doing this. Oh, absolutely. And and we were very blessed that um, Renaissance and and Rob and the the, the powers that be let us play in their sandbox. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because they they allowed us to become an important part of that world, mm-hmm. whereas so many other production companies will send out cease and desist orders right away. You know, you're not allowed to do that. You can't play in, in our world. We don't want that. But uh, we were always very, very fortunate. Yeah, Lucy and Renee both uh, did a thing where they were reading fan fiction, which really shocked me <laughs> that they did that. Well, and and after after the uh, series w- was done being televised, a group of us, including myself and Missy Good, there was a whole group of us, and we did the virtual uh, season of Xena, vir- the, the season seven. And um, that actually had storylines that came directly from the powers that be that they couldn't use on the show. Well, that's cool. I didn't know that. I knew about the the that um, the virtual season, but I didn't know that that came yeah. from them. That's really cool. Yeah, they they were very kind, and when it was all said and done, they passed along a few different ideas to, through Missy, of course, because she had the 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 working relationship with them, and they sent along a few stories that 
they wanted to do that they could never really do for one reason or another so we kind of took them and, and ran with them cool you know that we felt like that we felt that was kind of our um our pat on the head of go forth and play it's okay <laughs> you know we love you go ahead it's all right and it was a lot <laughs> Yeah, it was it was fun, you know. Yeah, and and it was it was a great deal of fun to have those original ideas that came straight from the writers' room. Yeah, yeah. I always yeah. Um, I always told people like Stephen Stephen L. Sears that I um, I always wanted to be a fly on the writers' room because I would have loved to have been there while they were oh, yeah. munching the ideas and trying to and molding it and throwing them back and forth. I've always wanted to be in a writers' room. I've never been in one that it, you not even I didn't I wouldn't even have to participate. Just be there. I, I'll take notes. I I, <laughs> I agree. I, I would love to do that too. I would love to do. Uh, I would love to watch a table read. That that very first read through that the cast usually does sitting around a table. I would I would love to one of my favorite shows. I would love to be able to go and just watch any table read just for shits and giggles. I guess. Well, I've actually done that. I've been there because um, <laughs> I was an actor when I was younger, so I did do that. Yeah. It is fun. It is interesting, especially when you have well, I, a teeny tiny part and you're just sitting there. And watching all the other people, you, and you just you wait for your part. And you're just kind of enjoying it because you're actually watching the episode come to life. <laughs> yeah, I think part of it for me too is the way that that my writing, my characters manifest themselves. Um, a lot of writers say I see a movie and I write down what I see. That's not the way it works for me. My books, my characters come to life in my head like a play. So that first draft of anything I'm writing, when I envision them in my head, I always envision them around a table on a stage mm-hmm. reading the the story and talking about the story. I mean, I've even had characters go, it didn't happen that way. <laughs> yeah, and, I know. And we go back. And, and, yeah. So... That's it's a weird little method that I use, but I think that's where my I think that's where that interest comes from because that's how my characters manifest. It's interesting. I don't know if you ever saw it, but there was a Twilight Zone that I think Rod Serling himself wrote, and Keenan Wynn plays a writer, and he creates characters so visually that they come to life. Did you ever see that episode? I, I haven't seen that one. Oh, it's well, you know, actually, if it's, a, if it's an original Twilight Zone, I probably have seen it, but I can't recall it off the top of my head. It, it, it basically he um, he has a girlfriend that he created from his writing technique, and every time his wife came, he would take the the tape. Uh, he he was one of those oh. writers who you must have seen it. He was one of those yes. writers who talked yes. into a recording, and so every time the wife came, he threw the tape into the fire so she'd the go tape poof. The fire, yes. yes. That's what, I that, do remember that one. I love that. That's, I think that is my favorite, maybe because I'm a writer, but that's my favorite Twilight Zone of all time. I just, my, the part with Rod Serling at the end, and if you've never seen it, just put your hands over your ears. 
Um, at the end, Rod Serling goes, he he shows up in the living room of Keenan Wynn's uh, character, and he says, of course... And, and, he, and he takes, the, he, he takes the, the, the recording off and throws it in the fire at the end, doesn't he? Right. He goes, yeah. of course, this could yeah. never happen. And then Keenan Wynn goes, oh, Rod. And he yeah. has this huge yeah. envelope. I mean, it's a big manila envelope filled with tape, and it says Rod Serling, and he pulls them out and goes, and he throws it into the fire. And then Rod yep, shrugs his shoulders, and it's like, like, oops. <laughs> That's one of my yep, top favorites. Oh. Any writer could recognize it because it's just, it's just. Absolutely. Yeah, it was brilliant. I, you know, I've had I've had characters refuse to do something before. Yep. I wrote. Um, we had a um, a subplot in one of the early Redman books, and, and um, it, we wrote thirty five pages. And I wrote the first draft of the 35 pages of this new subplot, and I took them to Taylor, and I said, here, read this. What do you think? And she got back with me. She said, it's great. And we sat down. We started to plug it into the book. And our main character, Rebecca, so she said, I'm not doing that. <laughs> and she quit talking to us and quit working. And until, I mean, they... they that's how they tell us that a storyline sucks. They just they won't do it. I know, I know. It's one they of those won't do it. really funny. I, I, I've always been amazed by the fact that I've got, you know, um, my my invisible friends have more power in my life than than you do. Than they than they probably should. Yes. Well, no, it's just that. But it's I, amazing how how real they become to you. It, it it's part of the writer's toolbox. I mean, we I don't know of any writer who doesn't do that. Um, Agatha Christie actually made fun of that. Um, the one the the clouds the the one where the the airplane is going back and forth to France and the woman dies on the plane going to France and Perot's asleep. or something. It has clouds in the title. And um, one of the people on the plane is a writer and um, and he he, uh, ha he recognizes the murder weapon because he did research on it. And Perot goes, I, I read all your books and it's not in there. He goes, my character refused to do it. What am I going to do? I can't have a murder if my detective refuses to do it. And I'm like laughing as I'm reading that because I recognized it. <laughs> it, it. It is it is one of the most unusual events of my, my life. But it's happened more than once now, so I just have to go with it. I know. I've got to go with the flow of the character. Um, we're coming to the end. So I know you're active on Facebook. Do you want to give your information so people can say hi? Oh, well, sure. Um, at Mary D's request, I am learning to be a social media creature, <laughs> and which is is tough for me, which is tough for me because I am so technologically inept. It is not funny. I mean, this is sad, but you're talking to a guy who still uses a pocket watch. So, in uh, an effort to um, 
broaden my social media horizons. We do have a Facebook page. It's T Novin, you know, on Facebook, and you can go over there, and that's where we're going to get started. And um, we play around with the fans over there and have contests and give things away and do all kinds of fun stuff. And eventually we will morph that into a mailing list and a website and all the things that, that Mary D. wants me to learn to deal with. So... And what is but the for Facebook right now, page? Look us up on Facebook. What what is it what is it listed it's, as? Uh it's uh T Novan. T period N O V A N T Novan. And if you go over there you'll find the picture of the books and the the current uh, the current covers and that's how you'll know you're on the right right place. And um do you know when Mary's gonna release your newest book? The uh, first three are out now, um, and Honor Thy Father should, I'm going to say June, okay. is what the is what the current ETA on that one is, and we are hoping by the end of June to have book five, which is brand new, and never before seen, we're hoping to have that done, so we're hoping to have that up by the end of the year. Okay. Um, thank you for uh, taking time out of your writing day um, to come on the show. I really appreciate it. Uh, uh, thank you for asking me. I appreciate you, you know, having me out and letting me get some experience with the social media thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was fun. I hope you enjoyed it. I did indeed. I'm happy to do it anytime. Give me a call. Thank you. And thank you for chatting mm -hmm. and sharing. Thank you.